I toddled off upstairs, but by the time I did that, I collapsed then in my bedroom. I can't remember whether I went to the toilet or not. Um, I banged out floor because I couldn't shout out, but I knew something serious had happened because I couldn't feel my left side. I went to Dewsbury Hospital to get rehab. It was really basic at first. They learned me how to sit up on my own. And then second week, they learned me to stand up, you know, from sitting down position to standing up position, holding onto a frame. And then in about third week, I started to learn to take a few steps. I didn't laugh a lot. I just, when it first happened, I just felt like I want me. I felt like me had died and I was mourning me. And it was just a totally different look out on life going forward. And no, it really made me happy. So it was very difficult. I was very depressed. I went to doctors and I got put on Stilipram and I think that's calmed me a lot. And I feel like I'm really patient now because obviously I've got carers. So they come to the house at six o'clock in the morning to get me ready for work. But I've got to listen to how they want to do dress me, do my hair. So I'm very patient about that, I think. I didn't used to be, but I am now. Hello, this is Stroke Stories. I'm Mark Goodyear. Every two seconds around the world, somebody will have a stroke. It's the fourth biggest killer in the UK, and those who suffer one at working age are two or three times more likely to be unemployed after their stroke. While the health services are amazing with diagnosis and treatment, after the stroke, patients sometimes find there aren't enough resources to help them while they recover. So we started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out and to hear from stroke survivors. In this podcast, we hear from Christine Brooke from Leeds, who suffered a stroke at the age of 36. Before my stroke, I didn't really think about life. Um, I was fun. I did what I wanted. I didn't think about it. I went around as team. I played other sports, played netball. I went out with friends nearly every weekend. I worked. Just fun-loving Chris, really. That's what people know me as. I'd had a migraine. I suffered with migraines. I had a migraine that day and I was cooking dinner for my family. Anyway, I served it up and I didn't really want to eat. And my partner just said, go lie down and see if it goes. Anyway, I laid down and when I woke up an hour later, my migraine was still there. And I kept saying to him, I've gone blind in my eye. Can you check my pupils? He's like, your pupils are fine, Chris. So anyway, I said, right, I'm going to go upstairs to the bathroom then. So I toddled off upstairs. But by the time I did that, I collapsed then in my bedroom. I can't remember whether I went to the toilet or not. Um, I banged on floor because I couldn't shout out, but I knew something serious had happened because I couldn't feel my left side. So banging on floor, Paul, come and help me. Anyway, coming upstairs, like, what's wrong? I went, I can't walk, I've collapsed. Anyway, it's like, but I found ambulance, I think you've had a stroke. And all I kept thinking is saying, God, I'm only 37 now. People of my age don't have strokes. Anyway, he called an ambulance and he's like, uh, I think you said my girlfriend's had a stroke. Can you come to the house anyway? They came in about 10 minutes. They said, yeah, it does look like she's had a stroke. I went, I can't sit up anyway. They helped me on bed. And then they took me down in a carrier to, to ambulance because obviously I couldn't even stand up at the time. So I went straight to hospital and they did scans, confirmed that I'd had a stroke. It was a weakness in my artery in my neck. So there were two ways it could have gone. So this is what my stroke doctor said. It could have gone to my eyes and made me blind. But in my case, it went to my brain and caused a stroke. The first hospital I were in there for two and a half weeks, made the three weeks. I had to be moved to a rehabilitation hospital. I went to Dewsbury Hospital to get rehab. Christine's stroke was so severe 
that she had to relearn how to perform simple movements. It was really basic at first. They learned me how to sit up on my own. And then second week, they learned me to stand up, you know, from sitting down position to standing up position, holding onto a frame. And then in about third week, I started to learn to take a few steps. It was very slow, but I did it. I'm very determined. My eyesight's come back, so I'm paralysed on my left side. I can walk now, but I still can't use my arm at all, my hand or arm. All my partner, my kids, though, everybody were really worried because when I first had it, all I did was sleep. So I literally slept for about 23 hours a day. But doctor kept saying to my mum and to my partner, you know, this is normal, this is how brain recovers from a trauma. So, yeah, they were very worried. All my friends in my life are quite lucky. I've known, like, for more than 10 years. My best friends I've been best friends with since I was 10. My other friends are all long-term, they're all longer than 10 years, so no one did that to me, fortunately. So, yeah, they were all very shocked and everybody, all I kept saying is, you know, I can't believe that you've had a stroke so young and, you know, we've never heard it before and young people were always like, we're old people. But even I thought that. I didn't know how common it was in young people. All I kept thinking in my head is I'm alive, but I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to be able to drive. I'm not going to be able to do the day-to-day stuff. But yeah, they were very worried. But then they realised that I bounced back to myself. Well, nearly anyway. I've just kept positive. Tried doing stuff every day, something new. Despite the severity of the stroke, Christine found that her workplace was very supportive. So I had seven months off sick. I've gone back to work now with the work plan in place, but I'm still on light duties. But my job is sitting at a desk and doing work on computer. It's not like exertive, so... I work for Leeds Community Health NHS, so everybody who's involved in my team knows my situation, so I don't get forwarded loads of jobs to do because I know what... It goes through my line manager, basically, and he decides what jobs I do. It gets filtered, does my work, so that's good. So I get supported really well from all my managers and my direct line manager at work. I had a celebratory last week because last week I've gone a year without a sick day. So I've been returned now a year and I have no time off in between. So I'm doing really well, I think. Although Christine's now back at work, she found the early days of her recovery incredibly hard. It was very difficult. I'd say first six months, I cried every day. My partner was very supportive, but I really felt sorry for him looking back on it. But yeah, he got home from work and I were in floods of tears and stuff. So I just cried all the time. And half the time, I didn't even know what I was crying about. So it was just little things like that. Like, if kids did something to me in a different tone, I started crying. If I couldn't get the certain shampoo I wanted from the shop, I just bursting into tears. I think it was difficult to control my emotions generally. I didn't laugh a lot. I just, when it first happened, I just felt like I want me. I felt like me had died and I was mourning me. And it was just a totally different look out on life going forward. And no, it really made me happy. So it was very difficult. I was very depressed. I went to doctors and I got put on citalopram. And I think that's calmed me a lot. I was very lonely when it first happened and I didn't have a car sorted. I wasn't working and I did feel alone but I was lucky enough that my sister finished her job at the time of my stroke so she came over at least twice a week. It was just through day while kids were at school I did feel alone. One stroke team had finished with because she only gets six weeks of rehab from community stroke team so once that had finished I did feel very alone. 
I still feel quite frustrated when I think about what's happened to me, but then I'm one of these people that you can't change what's happened, so I just deal with it. So I basically do that every day as well. Christine was also lucky enough to get support from the stroke charity Different Strokes. They told me about my local group where I could join um, and go speak to other stroke victims. I joined a talking group as well, so I could, if I've got any concerns or any questions, you just leave a post on their group and you get answered by different stroke people or the people in the group as well. So they're all very knowledgeable. So, yeah, that's very helpful. You don't feel alone then because you know people are actually going through the same thing. I found out a lot myself, so basically things that help you that are one-hand stuff, you know, like a... I've got one hand tin open and now I've got a one handed jar opener. So things like little things like that, you know, things that appliances that make your life just that little bit easier. I wish I had more info regarding that. I've noticed that since being disabled, other disabled people look at you when you pull up in a disabled space, but I think they're just checking out to making sure that you're disabled. <laughs> Even though not all disabilities are visible. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like with my limp, I get stared at a lot more. And I think my daughter who's 15 nearly 16 I think she's a little bit embarrassed about me when we go out walking because she always holds my left hand down for me because it sticks up a lot so I think she pushes it down because she's embarrassed but I'm I'm generally not embarrassed about myself you get used to being disabled I know it sounds awful but you do you get used to your new you and what you're capable of although Christine's condition was very serious and had a huge emotional impact on her Returning to work was a very positive step. Still to come on this episode of Stroke Stories, Christine talks about the value of a good network of family and friends. I feel grateful for the people that I've got in my life. So my children, my partner Paul's been amazing, he's so supportive. Um, you don't realise how lucky you are until you go something through like this and feel how well supported you are. All my family, friends, everybody's accepted the new me even though it's slower. And she opens up about the struggle of staying away from negative thoughts about her stroke. If I had anything negative about a stroke when I first happened, I usually just cry. Because I like to stay positive. I want to hear positive stories. I don't want to hear negative stories. And some people are quite negative as well. Even my OT, my OT who came out in the beginning from the stroke rehab team, the community team, she's like, oh, your hand will never be the same as your right hand. You know that, no matter how hard you work on it. Let's hear how Christine's stroke stopped her from doing some of the things she enjoyed. I used to love music. And then when I had my stroke, I couldn't listen to music because it really hurt my head. And like my partner's like, God, you love music. We need to have this because we used to have music night every night, me and my partner. So we'd have a glass of wine and have an 80s music or 90s music or even 70s. And I couldn't do that. I'd say, I'd say that we're going on for about four months at least. I couldn't listen to music. I think my partner found found that hard. It's coming back, so I've started listening to music again. So I'm starting to love music again. So it's just little things that are coming back. I want to go back to rounders. I did try, so I didn't give up yet. I did try, but when I hit the ball, I still managed to hit the ball with the bat, by the way. But I fell over and really hurt my affected side. So I'm going to give it a couple more months before I try again because my left foot and ankle were killing for ages afterwards. I'd like to get a better job because at minute I don't have a well-paid job. Well, it is a job and it's okay paid, but I want to get a better job because I did just before my stroke. I just finished my MVQ level three 
in business admin. So that was supposed to be a step and ladder to get me on a higher paid job because I've had a stroke that's been held back a little bit now. So now I'm getting a little bit more confident we're going back to work. I'm going to start applying for jobs again soon. And I really want to get a better paid job where I put the effort in to get my MVQ. And as well as getting support from her workplace and different strokes, Christine also found a great deal of support from family and friends. I feel grateful for the people that I've got in my life. So my children, my partner Paul's been amazing. He's so supportive. Um, you don't realise how lucky you are until you go through like this and feel how well supported you are. All my family, friends, everybody's accepted the new me even though it's slower. And I can't stay up late anymore, so I don't really see my friends as much. But everybody's there in background, so I just feel grateful. I feel like I'm like on that non-stop go before my stroke, but now I like to sit back and enjoy the little things, basically. I know it sounds a bit thingy, but yeah, that's that's what I do, enjoy the little things. So just going out for a meal with my kids and my partner, you know, I just do it as a second nature before, but now I really appreciate going, getting to go out for a meal and chatting to them and asking how the day's been. So yeah, it's just little things that I love. At first, I think it affected my son more who was older, he was 16 at the time. Um, but my daughter was fine. She was very supportive. She was amazing with my daughter. But my son, he sort of, he was very upset about it. I found it difficult at first, you know, because he didn't have me doing everything for him like he used to. But to be honest, he's fine now and they're both great. They get carers allowance now for looking after me. So they do all washing, folding, making beds. They earn the pocket money, basically. <laughs> so... <laughs> They're probably all the kids at school that actually earn the pocket money, but they actually do, bless them. And I feel like I'm really patient now because obviously I've got carers. So they come to the house at six o'clock in the morning to get me ready for work. But I've got to listen to how they want to do dress me, do my hair. So I'm very patient about that, I think. I didn't used to be, but I am now. <laughs> I go to visit once a week. And I've got to do my exercises, my hand exercises every day to try and get my hand back, which I do, but it's still not coming back. But I'll never give up. It's just crazy how young you can be to how anybody can have a stroke, you know. And how it impacts on lives differently, you know. Everybody's stroke's different, which ends why the place is called different strokes. No one has the same stroke. You know, everybody deals with a stroke differently. Everybody's stroke's different. It affects you because everybody's brain's so different. Everybody experiences stroke differently. So, yeah, even though I speak to people who are uh, paralysed from the stroke, you know, they still have different issues to me. You know, nobody's stroke's ever the same. And everybody deals with it differently as well. For your recovery, you need to hear positive things. You don't know any negative things because that's another thing. If I had anything negative about a stroke when I first happened, I usually just cry because I like to stay positive. I want to hear positive stories. I don't want to hear negative stories. And some people are quite negative as well. Even my OT, my OT who came out in the beginning from the stroke rehab team, the community team, she's like, oh, your hand will never be the same as your right hand. You know that, it doesn't matter how hard you work on it. And I just burst into tears and she's like, are you okay? I went, I don't want to hear negative things. I went, I try really hard. I don't want to know that if my hand's not, you know, going to get better. I don't want to hear that. I need to hear that hand's going to get better and I'm going to be able to use it. 
I mean, obviously, you get used to being disabled, but when it first happens, you think it, it world's ended, don't you? Because you are, you've only got one hand, but obviously, you get used to it, so it doesn't affect you as much. But yeah, I felt like like even my stroke doctor at hospital is like, I can't tell you if you're going to get better or not, because everybody's stroke is different. If you are currently recovering from a stroke, Christine thinks there's one important thing that you must do. I know it's easy to say, but please try and stay positive because it'll make you feel better inside and that's what you need. You need to just stay positive and always try and look on the bright side, even though it is quite it is serious, you know, your life is changed completely. Just got to try and stay positive and try and get enjoy the little things in life as well. So, you know, if you manage to move your arm a little bit, you know, enjoy that time, you know, that you've managed to move a little bit. You need to be positive about what's happened so yeah and finally christine's advice for family or loved ones of a stroke survivor be patient be as as patient as anything you know it's a massive impact for them and just listen and be supportive best thing that paul did for me so he listened to everything that i had to say and he was just really supportive in what i had to say so yeah Christine overcame an incredibly difficult time in her life. The stroke was very serious. She had to learn again how to walk and talk, as well as work through a great deal of emotional turmoil. But with support of friends, family and co-workers, she's now back at work and back doing the things she loves. If you're listening to this podcast and have had a stroke or somebody close to you has, and you'd like to learn more, search online for The Stroke Association. For a dedicated webpage, search NHS Strokes. And if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, please subscribe to the series and rate and comment, because that'll help us spread the word. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Listener.